It's This Week in Bourbon, all you need in bourbon news so you don't need a spy balloon. And here's headlines for February 17th, 2023. Sazerac responds to the raid on Justin's House of Bourbon. Oregon officials get fired over allocating Pappy Van Winkle to themselves. And Yellowstone launches its own single malt whiskey. Now here is a word from our sponsors. And they're off for another Gift 270 2020 Unicorn Raffle. Your $20 ticket gives you not one, but two chances to win from our lineup of 20 Woodford Reserve treasures, including the grand prize, the rarest unicorn yet, the Woodford Reserve Kentucky Derby 150 Baccarat Edition. Only 150 bottles were made and is just like the one the Derby winning owner receives. Quit horsing around and get your $20 tickets now at Give270.org. Charitable Gaming License ORG 0002703. Do you ever pour yourself a bourbon, swirl it around, and then start struggling to come up with tasting notes? And perhaps you're also looking for a good Father's Day gift idea. Well, you can now solve both with a kit from Nose Your Bourbon. And unlike other nosing kits on the market, Nose Your Bourbon kits feature real ingredients for the most authentic aromas. You can smell real Tahitian vanilla bean instead of some synthetic aroma that's just made from chemicals. So head on over to NoseYourBourbon.com and enter code BP10 for 10% off your order. Ed Bly and Rising Tide Spirits are back again with a new release of Old Stubborn Bourbon. And this release of Old Stubborn is a premium hand marriage of 10, 11, and 12-year cask drink, barely filtered pot still bourbon. It comes in at a staggering 123.8 proof. And the flavoring grain for this one, which the last one was weeded, but this time it's now rye. Rich, sweet, and bold with a long finish that's sure to be another eye-opener. You can order online at Sealbox or TheBourbonConcierge.com, and you can even purchase in person at Revival Vintage Spirits, and even now with very few select stores in Kentucky. You can get it now while you can, but be sure to do it because it's not going to last long. From their bar to yours, Chad and Sarah of the popular YouTube channel It's Bourbon Night bring you their favorite at-home old-fashioned mix with the new Elemental Elixir's Golden Hour Syrup. It's a custom-made syrup with notes of bold black tea, warm spices, and orange zest. All you need is your favorite whiskey and ice. No bitters needed. One bottle makes 16 drinks, so that's only $1 cocktail before you add your own whiskey. They can also be enjoyed in other cocktails or spirits, mocktails, coffee, tea, and anything you can think of. It's crafted locally in Lexington, Kentucky, and you can get your bottle now at whiskeyambitions.com. Welcome back, everybody. It's another This Week in Bourbon with some more juicy topics and some other kind of cool things to talk about. Yeah, it's it's funny you bring up the balloon. I just don't want to know about that stuff. I just want to just want to eat barbecue and drink bourbon. <laughs> I just think it's like the, just the thought of it just seemed ridiculous that they would really strap a satellite to a balloon and like what are they spying on? What are they pulling? Is it or is it just to just see? how idiots like us make a huge hubbub about it and we're like oh my god but and they had to wait till it's in a safe secure zone to be able to shoot it down which is perfectly fine but everybody's just like it's a balloon what's what's the big deal just shoot it down 
I have no idea and I don't want to know. I was <laughs> I was flying from Dallas last week when they shot the thing over Alaska. My brother-in-law, I was like, just don't tell me. Give me another margarita. We're at like Chili's <laughs> or something, airport. I'm like, I just want to keep my head in the sand and like try to sell bourbon. And and uh, that's about it. So, Well, let's, let's talk about that for a second because you got your first cameo on Meat Church that aired this past week as well. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. And there's a teaser sneak peek out there right now. So head to YouTube and you can see Matt did a video on uh, Matt Pittman, who runs Meat Church, did a video on a, doing a brisket if you're trying to cook it for a long period of time. I think that's the premise of the video. And Isn't that what you're supposed to do with a brisket anyway? Well, even longer, you know, so <laughs> the super long brisket, but uh, week go. long brisket or something we call it. But uh, yeah, it was super cool. Matt is Gosh, he's such a good guy, and we had a great time. Big fan of our stuff, and obviously I'm a huge fan of his. I've been watching his videos. We've been fans forever. You buy his seasonings forever. I have. If you haven't bought Meat Church seasonings, you need to go on his website and buy them. I mean, they're some of the, they'll make you look like an all-star chef to your whoever you're cooking for. But um, I get mine at a Academy Sports here. Yeah, local. Academy. I think I've seen them at Ace Hardware, too, here locally. They got them at the new Ace, but um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We did a bourbon and barbecue pairing that's going to come out March first, so keep that on your calendars. Um, but it was it was a ton of fun. We did an event with the Dallas Bourbon Club, and uh, I wish we had shot the video the first day because we did an event with the uh, Dallas Bourbon Club. It lasted quite a bit <laughs> and drank some crazy bottles, some crazy Stitzel Weller and stuff. Um. So I was feeling really foggy the next day, but uh, <laughs> I'm like, you, you brought your B plus game. Yeah, I brought my. I I got through it and uh, we we did well. So um, I'm excited about the video coming out. But yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I wish you were there. I was sad you weren't there because I know how much a fan you are of his and barbecue in general. And uh, it it was a good time. Shout out to Brian Lowe for making this all happen. It was from the Dallas Bourbon Club. It was. It was a great three days, and uh, Matt couldn't have been nicer and more supportive of us. So, uh, big shout out to him as well. Yeah, for sure. You're right. It was it was a bummer to miss out. Only yes, yeah, so it would have been great to meet Matt, but honestly, just to be able to have some awesome barbecue from him, I think that was uh, probably the, the the big the big shining moment. Yeah. The thing is, you see it on YouTube, and you're like, yeah, that looks good, you know. But then when you taste it, you're like, God. Damn, this guy can cook. <laughs> he knows what he's doing. I'm telling you that this pulled pork we had on Friday night, he made. So we had like, or not Friday, whatever. That was Wednesday night. Jesus, my days are all kind of strung together. But that party for, we had some pulled pork, some burn ins, some brisket sliders, some brisket nachos, the creme brulee, and the smoker. That smoke cream cheese is insane. But that pulled pork, I never would have thought of this, but. They put Cholula as the binder on the pulled pork and do fajita, his the meat church fajita seasoning on it. It was insane how good it was. I mean, so good. What's what's Cholula? Cholula, sorry. What's Cholula? I say Cholula. Oh, you don't I know what Cholula is? No, what's that? Oh, this hot sauce. It's like this Mexican oh, hot sauce. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, it's yeah, got yeah. like this, I don't know, senorita on the front, you know, that... uh it's like a yellow label. Yeah, I know well, what you're talking about. Well, a lot of sauce houses have yellow labels, but uh, <laughs> but it was insane how good it was, and uh, the burn-ins were, were magical. But this potato salad that he made, this loaded potato salad, it was like, I don't know how, 
It was so light. I think I ate a whole pound of it. Like, <laughs> it's so light you ate a pound. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. But anyways, never heard of it. That many potatoes taken yeah. down, but it, it, it was good, it was, man. It was really good. And the, his brisket is as advertised. I mean, it's, I mean, he's a hell of a cook. I mean, that's, there's no bullshit about it. That's for sure. So I'm not going to miss the next one. Yeah, That's for sure. Yeah. Well, he's coming here next, so we'll make him cook here. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's going to love that. He, he won't have his 14 grills to, you know, we're going to put him out of his comfort zone. It'll be like a quick fire challenge. Like, here, use our <laughs> shitty Webers or something. But You got my green egg. You got your pit barrel. <laughs> That's right. You Let's gotta do it. You got to run between houses to, to make them all. Exactly. Yeah. I think it'll be fun. Uh, and before we get going, I also make sure we want to give a little bit of a heads up of where we're going to be because I know... The day that this airs, you're going to be in the Chattanooga era. You want to give a shout out for what you're going to be doing? Yes. So I'll be at, uh, thank you for saying that. We'll be at Red Hot Liquors in Cleveland, Tennessee on Friday the 17th. 17th. Yeah. So if you're probably listening to this today, tonight, if you're in the Chattanooga, Cleveland area, I'll be at Red Hot Liquors from four to six, handing out samples uh, you know, of our core bourbon and rye, but also I'm bringing some oak collection. Ooh. Which is not carried in Tennessee, but uh, I will be sampling that out, uh, so folks will get to try that because we will have more oak collection this spring uh, coming to Tennessee. So at least I get to try people on it, so they can get excited about it and see how you know we do our we do our finishing stuff. So um, yeah, excited about that. And then I'll be in Chattanooga for the next couple of days. So give me a shout. We'll come meet up. There you go. And then on Tuesday, February 28th, I'm going to be in St. Louis and I'm going to be there. I've got two nights set up. So I've got a meet and greet at Lit Cigar Lounge on oh, Tuesday, February nice. 28th. Yeah, You love cigars. Me. Yeah, you know me. <laughs> it's just like start pounding Monte Cristos. That's what I do, man. That's right. And so that's Tuesday, February 28th. I'll be there from 530 to 730. And then the next day on Wednesday, March 1st, I'll be at Dogwood Wine and Spirits from 530 to 730 as well. So... Come out, say hi, grab a bottle of United, share a pour with me, just kind of have a chance to to hang out and stuff like that. But if also, I guess a little more as we're going through this as well, is that if you're in Atlanta and you're going to be at the beer, the beer, bourbon, and barbecue fest, that's going to be on February 25th, you can make sure you stop by our brand ambassadors, Alex and Heath. They're going to be there dishing out the goods at that festival. And if you're in Dallas, Texas, we're going to be sponsoring the Whiskey Riot. That's going to be on March 4th. And our brand ambassador, Joe Ford, he's going to be there representing Pursuit Spirits and handing out samples. But we're also going to be sponsoring all of the Whiskey Riots throughout Texas, though not only just Dallas, but that's also Austin and Houston. So stay tuned for those announcements coming out too. Well, if you're going into March, I'll be at uh, St. Goose, March 3rd, uh, there in Franklin, Tennessee, doing a tasting event uh, from, I believe, four to six, five to six, one of those. I don't know. But anyways, we'll put some more announcements about it, but definitely Friday night, March 3rd, I'll be at St. Goose there in Franklin, Tennessee, uh, handing out, you know, the, our four core expressions, the rye and bourbon, but also the Oak collection, which is like we said, is not in Tennessee, but will be this spring. So you can come out, hang out, try that with me at, uh, St. Goose in Franklin. But, uh, St. Louis is awesome. I'm jealous. You're going, I love St. Louis. It'll be good. I'll, I'll go and ride up the arch for you and just take a selfie. <laughs> In that little elevator that I, I, <laughs> I went up that once. I was like, get me out of here. I couldn't get out <laughs> fast enough. It's For me, it's it's like visiting the Grand Canyon. I've done it before. You go up there and you look around. You're like, all right, 
let's get out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. We did like, it. Uh, get my selfie up top and get down here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's a brewery or something I can go to. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Let's start diving in with the bourbon news now. With, I'm sure everybody's just like, all right, nine minutes worth of news. Let's, or our own news. Let's kind of get into it here. Yeah. Sorry. Self-promo. That's okay. Well, this one, this is because we had talked, I think it was last week, about Justin's House of Bourbon, and there's some more information that came out. And so the January raid of the Kentucky Vintage Liquor Store of Justin's House of Bourbon, it was tied to the same day that a Washington, D.C. raid that found hundreds of potentially illegally transported bottles of Blanton's, Weller, and other premium bourbons. However, no charges have been filed in the case. Details are laid out in a report filed in Washington, D.C., where district regulators are working with Kentucky, Texas, Pennsylvania, and federal alcohol agents on the case. The case was obtained by the Lexington Herald-Leader through an open records request. And the case was scheduled to be a part of a closed meeting of the D.C. Alcohol Beverage Regulation Administration, and that was supposed to be on February 8th. The multi-state investigation is ongoing, and according to the D.C. citation, 11 code violations are alleged, including illegally transporting alcohol into the district and unlawfully obtaining product from outside the U.S. According to the report, hundreds of bottles of Blanton's were placed in, quote, voluntary detention in Washington <laughs> by the U.S. Department of Treasury, Alcohol, Tobacco, Tobacco Tax, and Trade Bureau. The investigation into Justin's House of Bourbon began last fall when a Kentucky ABC official contacted a D.C. Department of uh, sorry, uh, uh, an alcohol. Sorry, they contacted an alcohol investigator about shipments coming from Kentucky to D.C., informing the investigator that Justin's had been issued a cease and desist order from two states for illegally shipping alcohol. Now, it's according to documents that are obtained by the Herald Leader. The states were not named in the report, but according to the case report, Kentucky ABC agents had visited the Lexington store to buy a bottle and asked to send it out of state, but the owner said that he could not do that. The agents then proceeded to open the bottle and share it with the owner, and a short time later, the owner advised the agents that he could drive the bottle to Washington, D.C. and ship it wherever they like. That kicked off an inquiry into Justin's Houses of Bourbon's shipping practices in Washington. However, when investigators contacted Sazerac, which is the maker, of course, everything we talked about, the company said it has been dealing with a widespread counterfeit of their product, and that has been originating from the Netherlands and has hired a retired FBI agent who is working with federal officials to track down counterfeit bourbon, according to the case report. A federal investigator who said an agent already was working in Kentucky on counterfeit Sazerac bourbons told D.C. officials that Sazerac product is more lucrative than heroin right now. The investigation is ongoing, no charges have been filed, and Justin's House of Bourbon remains open and licensed in Kentucky. Sorry, now, I don't mean to giggle. Yeah, it's okay. It's, but voluntary detention and... Bourbon compared to heroin's kind of quite comical. So, well, all anyways. this, all this is, uh, it's it's clickbaity headlines. Um, for for what all we know, and there has been, and I think this is honestly, I think the the hard thing to to really take this. This is a PR nightmare for Justin's House of Bourbon. Like, yeah. they they need to get in front of this, and they need to put something out there in the public because right now there are so many stories that run rampant because of what Sazerac slid into this and saying, oh, well, we're tracing all this counterfeit bourbon and it's coming from the Netherlands and Justin's House of Bourbon got all this bourbon from the Netherlands. So it has to be all counterfeit. And I, it kills me. It, it kills me to sit here and think that these guys are trying to put off counterfeit Blantons. I am, I'm going to put all my chips on the table and say that's not going to happen. No, definitely not. Yeah. I mean, if you remember just the the show that we had with Caroline from Justin's House of Bourbon, and we all sit there and we talked about it, and it was on the show 
we, t- we said, you know, how often do people come in and try to sell you counterfeit bottles? And they tell you stories of all the time people trying to bring in fake dices and, and pull them off. Why the fuck do you think they'd be sitting there trying to go and flip counterfeit Blantons? It's just, it's not possible. It's not, pro- I'm going to say it's not possible. I just don't, I just don't see it. I can't see that no. happening. I, I don't, I think that's really below them. And I, and I'm getting fired up about it. And that's just because I feel that this has been taken in such a, a wrong context that people are now accusing Justin's of selling fake Blantons when that's not a part of this. This was just slid in as a part of Sazerac because that is the narrative that they want to tell. Because anything that ever makes headlines about Sazerac, it's always about Pappy or something stolen or it's about counterfeits. That's all that that makes the headlines, and that's exactly what they're doing, and it's starting to to pull the narrative in the wrong direction. Yeah, I mean, when you get Mark Brown's newsletter, it's filled with like five counterfeit stories every week. It's like, I don't know. I mean, they're pushing that narrative hard about counterfeits in general, and it's, I mean, it's an easy target for them that, you know, this Justin's House of Bourbon thing, and I, I have, like you said, I have zero... There's no ounce of me that thinks that Justin's House of Bourbon would ever sell anything counterfeit knowingly. They are very scrupulous, and you know when they take things in, they're great people. They they've been great to the industry. This is just so short sighted. I can't even wrap my head around it. <laughs> like what Justin's has done, we've said this again and again and again. What Justin's House of Bourbon has done for Kentucky and bourbon tourism is. It, 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 this is just a huge like disrespect to that, and I, I can't stand it. it. It's very frustrating. It's so short-sighted, I can't even wrap my head around it. That's all I can say about it. I agree. And, and the 11 code violations, they're all about illegally transporting alcohol, and that's probably just going from Kentucky to D.C., which I, I was talking to my wife about this, and she goes, that's illegal? And I go, that's the same exact thing. I had no idea that that was illegal. That might just be a bunch of gray area where the law isn't strictly defined on what it is either. That's just one of those things that I look at and I go, gosh, this this didn't need to come to this point. Uh, all no. this could have been solved with a few phone calls. Yeah, it doesn't. It could have done with the certified letter. Like, this, you, you know, get it notarized <laughs> by your banker and send it over to the, let's say, hey, we're really... Thanks for all you've done for the industry, by the way, (laughs) and really sorry, but we're just kind of curious about what's going on here. Can you explain more? Why does it have to go full bore into this whole thing? I don't know. It's just really unnecessary and just, I don't know. It's shenanigans, but I'll get in trouble, so I should shut up. Yeah, we'll we'll take a a deep breath, but we can't go far. It's just frustrating. It's like, like, what do we want this state to be? Do, Do we want... People to come here and, you know, have the ability to enjoy bourbon, enjoy the history of bourbon, enjoy things that they can't get in this out, you know, in the, that they come here, they go to Justin's and they buy that stuff because they can't get it anywhere else. They come to Kentucky for a special moment. What do we want this state to be? I mean, this is ridiculous. Like, I mean, it's just like, we're taking, everyone's trying to take 10 steps forward and I feel like we're taking 20 steps backwards with this. It's it's so stupid. I I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's 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 an easy target to look at something like even Jack Rose or anything else. It's not like he got all those bottles in Wa- in Washington DC. No, he's bringing those all from the country. Now, I don't know what the gray line is or what the what the line is and and where the gray areas start and where they end, but that just goes to show you that 
this is uh, this is something that is still up in the air for me to even un- understand and discover what this all means. But I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. But like I said, I'm putting all my chips on the side that these guys didn't do anything wrong or didn't knowingly do anything wrong. And I swear to God, if there's fakes, then they definitely didn't know it. And they're they're doing what any of us would do. They they look at a situation. They have the connections. They have the know with all. They have the the buying power to go and strike up a conversation with somebody in the Netherlands and buy a couple hundred cases of Blantons and and have it shipped. Okay, uh, I think the only thing that you had to do is you have to have it registered with the TTB. I think that's probably one thing that you go. Okay, well now that the processes have been laid out, that maybe it wasn't so clear before. I don't know. I'm I'm throwing out ideas that probably aren't sticking, but it, it's so dumb. You can buy freaking guns online and <laughs> ship them across states and this and that. It's like alcohol and bourbon is like, it's just, oh, it's so frustrating. It's so freaking short-sighted and stupid. I can't wrap my head around it. And they'll play the moral high ground like, well, that's not legal and we got to make sure we're checking IDs and the sources are valid and blah, 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 blah. And uh, it, it's just, they're just, all they're doing is, this is an organized mafia is what this is. is. It's, they're trying to protect their turf and they're trying to take little people down to do it. I'll say it. You can edit it out. I don't care. This is BS. I'll, I'm not going to edit it out. I'm going to leave it there. The, the people's champ has spoken. That's right. All right. Well, unfortunately, it doesn't end there because Sazerac is still in the news. And that's because a thirst for rare bottles of bourbon appeared to have set the cost of the executive director position and other top officials of Oregon's liquor and marijuana regulatory agency their jobs. An internal investigation by the Oregon Liquor and Cannabis Commission was obtained by the Associated Press via public records request. And it concluded that the executive director, Steve Marks, and five other agency officials had diverted sought-after bourbons, including Pappy Van Winkle's 23-year-old whiskey, for their personal use. The officials were paying for the whiskey, which can cost thousands of dollars a bottle, but probably not because it's state. But they had used their knowledge and connections at the commission to obtain them, and consequently deprive members of the public of the spendy booze. And that's what the investigation said. And that violates Oregon statutes, including one that prohibits public officials from using confidential information for personal gain. And that's what the commission's investigation said. <laughs> that's the short version i have seen 10 other versions of a much longer thing but this has been in my my google news feed for the keyword bourbon i, I saw this yeah I, I just this is what happens when you let like certain institutions and certain things just get too big there's just shenanigans and shit that happens that sh- you know it's like it's not a free market when governments and all these different companies and all these to start dictating what can and cannot happen in a market. And this is what happens. You have shit like this. And it's, this is why I, I can't understand. I can't wrap my head around it. Well, whether it was going from a government controlled person that knows what's going on or whether it's going from the distributor who knows what's going on and they're sending a bottle for themselves to go get, pick it up. You're not getting around it. The general public's not going to win. Anyway, no, you, you do this, but that's how I don't know. Yeah, I sh- should stop. But that's <laughs> that's what this country was founded on, and free market, and all this stuff. And it's like all this. It's like you're just creating all this shenanigans and all these 
things that don't need to exist. <laughs> these, all these problems that a free market would solve. So, but anyways, I don't know if the free market would not solve a this free problem, market, but, but you can't have the government be in control of the. You can't have a government be a, the sole power of dictating where bottles should and shouldn't go, because that's when shenanigans happens. I think. Yeah. No, I, I, I can agree. I mean, there's, there's, there's pros and cons to each side of of having a, a state control run, everything like that. Yes, there is states that do it really well. Ohio being one of them, they do it really well. Maybe some others, and I'll get on board. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, this is just one of those things. There's, there's, there's pros and cons to all of it. But this is one of those things. If yeah, you use your insider information, I guess that's what happens. I, gosh, looking back, he's probably going, shit. That was a, <laughs> that was a bonehead move just to get a bottle of weeded bourbon. Right. Well, yeah. I, I it, like it. it is good. Yes, but I don't know. It, I feel like you just create all these problems with all this. I don't know. They do. Uh, you should probably edit me out today. Yeah, well, let's just I'm keep... fired up. You're firing me up. <laughs> you fired up? I'm fired up. Yeah. All right, so bourbon maker Bluegrass Distillers, they will build a new $8 million distillery in Kentucky to increase its production capacity by more than 100 times. The distillery will be located on Elkwood Farm in the city of Midway, located in Woodford County, Kentucky. The property, which is built in 1835, was initially purchased by the distiller in 2020. This new site, which is due to open in autumn of 2023, will also provide a contract distillation and bottling operation. The facility will house a 36-inch column still and six 18,000-gallon fermentation tanks with room for future growth, alongside barrel warehouses, a bottling line, tasting room, visitor center, and event space. The new project is expected to create 22 full-time jobs. And based in Lexington, Kentucky, since 2013, Bluegrass Distillers range includes Kentucky Straight Blue Corn Bourbon, a weeded bourbon, and five rye whiskeys and other seasonal releases. All right, we've got some good news. That's awesome. Congratulations to them. That's a huge investment, and uh, I I haven't had any bluegrass stuff. We need to try it, um, but uh, that's exciting news for y'all. Congratulations. Yep. I like the headline. It's like, it's going to increase production capacity by 100 times. <laughs> you must not have been doing that Start at zero. <laughs> yeah, you start at zero. You can, you can do a lot. <laughs> that's like I love when that they say, though. it's like those companies say, fastest growing company year over year, and it's like, well, yeah, if you're growing from zero to, you know, 10 cases, you grew, you know, 10,000%. <laughs> it's one way to sit there and wordsmith it. Oh, yeah. So another story with Buffalo Trace, and this is a good one, too, and says that whiskey, and again, I couldn't swear how many bogus headlines I saw out of this that said, all of a sudden, there's the makers of Pappy Van Winkle are going to have more on the shelves soon. And that's because whiskey making will be at an all-time high at Buffalo Trace now that the new stillhouse has officially been commissioned. The new still stands 40 feet tall and can produce 60,000 gallons a day. It is a duplicate of Buffalo Trace's existing still, allowing the distillery to double production of fan favorites such as BT, ER, Weller, Blanton's, blah, blah, blah. Fans will be able to see the new stillhouse up close when they take Buffalo Trace's new hard hat tour, and it's expanded with a new tour route and new sites. The Hard Hat Tour has always been a must-see when visiting Buffalo Trace, but due to the distillery's ongoing construction of the stillhouse and other key elements of the tour, it has been unavailable since 2019. But now, guests will not only get to see the new stillhouse, but some of Buffalo Trace's other additions as part of its $1.2 billion expansion, including its new awe-inspiring cookers, which span three floors at 22 feet tall, and you can peek inside the distillery's 93,000-gallon fermenters and explore a new dry house, which can produce 12,000 pounds of dried grain per hour. 
The new hard hat tour will last approximately 90 minutes and includes a tasting after the tour. Buffalo Trace's Trace Tour, which is their standard one, has also been expanded, which includes more insight into the bourbon process and production through a mix of technology and new tour stops in the barrel filling and dumping areas. The Trace Tour and the Hard Hat Tour join Buffalo Trace's Old Taylor Tour, and all tours and tastings are complimentary and start and end in the visitor center. And that was expanded back in 2020 and now encompassed 33,000 square feet total, which has become handy as Buffalo Trace welcomed 470,507 guests in 2022 to its distillery. Yeah, well, there'll be more Pappy until, you know, control state just, you know, somebody, <laughs> just I'm kidding. Leak, leak it all. Just leak it leak all. Leak it all to someone else. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. But no, this is awesome. You know, more investment in the state is a great thing. And that the... the Additions they've done to Buffalo Trace is impressive. Hell, I saw them. I don't know how they raise, do it because of just the, the square footage. That they had there. to raise a roof. You know, it's crazy. They had a last time I was there, they showed a video of them raising the roof and, uh, you know, to put in the fermentation tanks to make them bigger. But uh, this is exciting stuff. And they, they do make some of the best whiskey. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, it. It's great stuff. So this is good for all bourbon fans all around that want more access to their products. I will be interested, though, because everybody's had the standard BT products on their standard still, standard processes, standard yeah, fermenters true. forever. Yeah. Now you're adding a, a new still. Who knows? I mean, I'm sure they'll be able to, to keep some sort of consistency. But at the same exact time, you've also got those other, what, 30, 40, 50,000 barrel warehouses that are being built on the hill. And those are... Those are brand new, so the aging environments can be completely different. The types of where they're stored is completely different than what we're used to. So, well, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to be like, oh my God, what's going to happen here in the next 5, 10, 20 years? But who knows? We could see some variation, but it doesn't matter. People still are going to go clamoring <laughs> over their products. Yep. They see that eagle or a W or a buffalo on it. They uh, go, go, go. Yep. Um, go wait in line. I do, you know, they'll probably never release the data, but it would be interesting because I've thought this too with, you know, all the Heaven Hill 50,000 barrel warehouses and Beam. It's like, how different is it from, you know, those 10 to 20,000 barrels aging environment? Is it, is it better or is it worse? I don't know. I'm just curious. I <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> well, we know a few people. Can we go, hey, let's go sample some barrels out of this warehouse. They're, let's go sample some barrels out of another warehouse. They'll only tell us if it's better. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> They'll be like, it's it's fantastic. You don't you don't need to go. Yeah. It's more air movement the bigger it is. You know, we'll, it's got, we'll bring you the samples. How about that? That's right. Yeah. You don't <laughs> yeah. need to see where they come from. They'll all come from Deetsville. <laughs> all right. Warehouse last, <laughs> what would you say? And Warehouse C. And Warehouse C. There you go. So our last one is that House Bill 340, and it's going to be a bill that's going to allow Sunday sales of distilled spirits of products and municipalities that approve it was... God, I'm going to start that one over there. So House Bill 340, it's a bill that will allow Sunday sales of distilled spirits in municipalities that approve it. And that was passed by the Mississippi House of Representatives last week and was set to the Senate for consideration. Mississippi is only one of seven states in the country that still prohibits the retail sale of distilled spirits on Sundays, even though you can buy beer there seven days a week. Since 2002, 21 states have now passed laws permitting seven-day sales, bringing the total to 43 states. Wow. There you go. That's pretty cool. So government not getting in the way. There's more free market there for you. You should be happy. Yeah, I'm happy camper on this one. Too. <laughs> 
two thumbs up on it. Three thumbs up on this one. Well, no sideways thumb. That's a that's a good way to to end the I new segment. Then. I feel like uh, we're gonna get a bunch of feedback. Keep because I've heard this before. Tell Ryan to keep his politics to himself. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like this is gonna flare up those again. Well, I, I think as we get into the the actual, it's just I'm news, passionate. I, I want. That's I get it. Uh, you know, I want. I want. I just want everybody to be happy. Well, that's impossible. That's very true. I can't so, even keep myself. There's no happy. utopia. No utopia. No. No. But let's go ahead. We'll take a break. Back with some bourbon release news. If you're anything like me, then you can't get enough about bourbon. And that's why I'm a subscriber to Bourbon Plus magazine. Bourbon Plus is a quarterly publication that tells the stories from the heart of bourbon. The farmers who grow the grain, the distillers who labor over the process, and the people like you and me who raise their glasses to celebrate it all. Subscribe to Bourbon Plus Magazine today at bourbonplus.com, that's P-L-U-S dot com, and use code PURSUIT at checkout for $5 off your subscription. Shopify's already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point-of-sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify's point-of-sale is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. And with Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in-line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. And get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system or use Shopify's point-of-sale Go Mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash bourbon, all lowercase, and go to shopify.com slash bourbon to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash bourbon. Hey, everybody. Are you waiting in lines yet? You got your lottery ticket number waiting for your number to get called out? Well, you might not have to with some of these, but who knows? You might. But our first one kind of struck me a little, I wouldn't say off guard, but hey, I guess the American single malt is picking up. So the newest full-time member of the Yellowstone brand family and the latest inspiration from Limestone Branch Distillery, Master Stiller, Stephen Beam, is set to hit retail shelves in the coming months. And that's Yellowstone's American Single Malt Whiskey. Yellowstone's American Single Malt Whiskey boasts a 100% barley malt mash bill. Packaging of Yellowstone American Single Malt includes a more design-forward label featuring the brand's iconic Lower Falls artwork and a more prominent version of the Yellowstone brand name, as well as a blue top wrap to differentiate American, American Yellowstone American Single Malt from other Yellowstone variants. It's aged four years, bottled at 108 proof, and Yellowstone American Single Malt Whiskey will be available nationwide starting in March with a suggested retail price of $55. I love that proof. Um, you know, it's a good proof, isn't it? I still can't get past the, you know, saying it's a variant of something. That's it. Just bothers me. You know, what do you think about this, man? About Yellowstone getting into the American single malt? Well, they must have thought about it four years ago. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see how this goes. I don't know. It's. I. I feel like they're. You know, obviously is 
premeditated, obviously, four years ago. And I feel like there's a lot more people that have been doing it for a while. And I feel like it's trying to get scotch drinkers to move to bourbon. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I We've had some, you know, some of the rare character older single malts, which are fantastic. I have yet to try some of the younger Kentucky um, single malts. So I'll be curious how they taste at a younger age. Do you think that our whole history of bourbon and what this was all founded on was because there was a surplus of corn. Right. And now we're, we're like, oh, American single mall, we need more barley. Like, come on, get out of here. I don't yeah. think people aren't traveling to Kentucky to come drink American single mall. So I'm still bullish on making sure that bourbon still rings supreme. But I guess I it's one of those things that you've got to, if you've got the pockets, you got the stock, you got some time to, to produce some some barrels, you might as well put it out there and lay it down. And who knows, you might have a, a right bet every once in a while. But yeah, I'm not for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess I like my, when, my analogy was like, if there's five horses in the race, you're just going to bet on all five of them. Yeah, I'm just, I'm still not on the single malt thing. You know, it's the Parker's one that came out. I was like, ah, oh, you know, it's just like <laughs> <laughs> that was like nine years or something like that. I know it was like nine years ago. So you know they've been doing it a while, and that that may be what rare character has now. <laughs> They're like <laughs> the Parker was like doing experiment. Parker's or Heaven Hill was doing experiment. I'm like oh, this didn't go over well, but we'll put it on the open market. But anyways, I have no idea. I'm just totally throwing it out there. But even though I do like the rare character single balls, they were tasty. But I'm I'm still just we're bourbon bourbon pursuit. I think bourbon is king in this state. It is no need now. to waste your time on single malts. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's, let's yeah. not give let's not give American single malt any more airtime than we need to. Nope. So this one's a, it's actually a pretty short one. So Barrel Craft Spirits they're launching Barrel Bourbon Batch Thirty Four. It's a blend of six, eight, ten, and fifteen year old barrels distilled and aged in Tennessee, Kentucky, and Indiana. Bottled at cash strength, which is one hundred and fourteen point six two proof. Has a suggested retail price of ninety dollars, and this will be available nationwide relatively soon. I wonder what those fifteen-year-old barrels are. Mm, good question. I'm sure it's there's amazing. I'm sure, there's some Indiana stuff that's fifteen years old still sitting around in places. Yeah, or actually, you had all that all that fifteen-year-old Kentucky that was oh, in the market true. a few, well, few yeah, years ago, but then that this, was two or three years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say there'd be eighteen by now. Yep, exactly. Joe and Trip, they get those. They got barrels everywhere. They can just pull, and that's that's what's amazing about their concept. They got such cool stocks to, to pull from, and it always turns into fantastic blends. I concur. Hey, and guess what? We got a sample of this here soon, so you can come over and try Oh, it. yeah, I want to try this. I love trying their stuff. Yes. They're my inspiration. They're, they're our heroes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> if you only knew that you were my... What's that song? <laughs> You're my hero. Yeah. All right, before I have to sing anymore, Jared Adkins, he's the founder and master distiller, Bluebird Distillery, Bluebird Distiller, Distilling, gosh, I'm all over the place there. He's announcing a new partnership with a nationally celebrated country music star, Jordan Davis, and he was the recipient of CMA's Song of the Year in 2022. The duo collaborated on Bluebird Day's Straight American Whiskey, and it's inspired by the namesake of Davis's forthcoming album release, Bluebird Day's. It celebrates new friendships and the love for a perfect bluebird day. 
For this whiskey, Bluebird Distilling Master Distiller Jared Atkins and country artist Jordan Davis teamed up to create a truly special collaboration. They selected the oldest and the best barrels of the four grain bourbon and American wheat whiskey from Bluebird's Rack House. So it's the blend is 90% of Bluebird Bluebird bourbon. Man, I'll try to say that 10 times fast. It's age Blue six bird years old. Bourbon. Bluebird bourbon. Bluebird bourbon. Bluebird bourbon. So that's age six years old, 75% corn, 15% heirloom rye, and 10% barley. And then 10% is Bluebird's Red Winter Wheat Wheat Whiskey. And that's aged seven years. And that's using 100% whole grain Pennsylvania Red Winter Wheat. It's 86 proof and has a $50 price tag. Nice. I'm looking at it. I like the packaging. It's pretty cool. Where, what states is out of? I guess I didn't Pennsylvania. see Pennsylvania. Okay. I guess the Pennsylvania Red Winter Wheat would make sense then. <laughs> that's right phoenixville pennsylvania who would have thought there's a phoenixville oh. and ardmore pennsylvania so uh, do you uh, you listen to country music do you know who jordan davis is uh i was gonna say i, I was, can't say that to you Might I be a bro country yeah i was gonna say i i everybody knows me i don't really listen to country but it's always cool to see these collaborations happen so best of luck to him and i guess if you're a, a listener fan of theirs go and pick up a bottle yeah, if it was dubstep, Kenny be all over this. Yeah, dude, you give know. me like a Skrillex collab. I'm all about it. <laughs> Skrillex. <laughs> I'll do a gr- I do dude. a Griffin collab. Hey, you know Skrillex making a comeback. He's releasing an album after like 10 years, like this week. That's crazy because he's only like 19 now. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he, he might be a few years older than us. I think that's, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. All right, here's our, our last news or i can't i love talking about dubstep all right our last one woodford reserve announces the winter 2022 masters collection release and it's called historic barrel entry and for this the masters collection release master distiller emeritus chris mortis or emeritus sorry he called upon the rich history did you say emeritus chris mortis (laughs) (laughs) maybe i hear you he called upon the rich history of Kentucky bourbon and their own interest for inspiration. The product is available at Woodford Reserve starting at 9 a.m. on February 9th. I guess that was last week. The 2022 <laughs> Masters Collection. Was, <laughs> you know, that's what happens when you don't give me something before Wednesday. Uh, it's made with a newly distilled whiskey that went into the barrel at 100 proof. The barrel proof entry of quote unquote new make plays an important role in the maturation process. And the standard for barrel entry proof has changed over the past two centuries. The bourbon of the 19th century had a barrel entry proof of 100 to 103 proof, but after the repeal of prohibition, barrel proof entry levels began to increase, and the present barrel proof entry standard was set in 1962 at 125. A lower entry proof seems to be counterintuitive when one thinks of getting more flavor from the new charred barrel. In fact, many of the barrel extratives that we desire are more water-soluble than they are alcohol, said Chris Morris. Having a lower entry proof, in other words, more water in the barrel than the Woodford Reserve standard of 110 entry proof, will result in a richer, sweeter characteristics being absorbed by the barrel's famed red layer. This year's limited edition marks the 18th edition of the Masters Collection. It's available in select U.S. and global markets and has a suggested retail price of $130, but for a 700 ml bottle. Ooh, that's, that's sneaky, juicy. Sneaky. That's juicy. It's uh, that Chris Moritus. <laughs> Emeritus of Chris Moritus. <laughs> and Chris Morris Morissette is uh, not. 
I I, I agree. Really, I really want to I like try the this. lower. I like the lower energy proof stuff. So you know, yeah. I mean, everything huge we fan get, of Finger Lakes. You know, I was about to say everything we do at Finger Lakes is about what a hundred entry proof. Yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it it's funny. Like they put in the law. You know, they were like hundred proofs, great flavor, but we need to make is is typical American thing. We need to make as much money we can, so let's put it at hundred twenty five. You know, it's like the law. So. Well, I mean, they could have gone higher. They could have gone to 160, well, 180. True. So that's rum or vodka is 190. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think rum's 160, vodka's 190. So they, they could have yeah. gone higher. But, you know, yeah. I, like I said, I, I kind of, I I do like the 100, 103 because anybody, do that does, if anybody that doesn't know, if you've tasted a lot of dusties in your life, so if you go and taste a lot of stuff from 70s and 80s and everything like that, and all that stuff, that's that's lower entry proof. None of that is your 120 entries or anything like that. So there's definitely something to be said about lower entry proof bourbons back in the day. Totally. I agree. But also you didn't have a lot of cash strength stuff. It was all 86 or 93 proof was kind of like the high mark for a lot of that too. That's, yeah. That's, that's the modern drinkers are like punish our pellets. <laughs> There was actually a really good article that was on Vine Pair this past week by Jonah Flicker, and it talked about why the small segment of people, like people like us, why we do things like this and why we like hazmat whiskey. And it's like, what's the point? Why do we, why do we enjoy having so much alcohol in a single sip? Yeah. I mean, I really don't anymore. I'm, I'm more about balance. It's, but I mean, sometimes you'll get a higher person like, Ooh, that's, that's good. But it's very rare for me now, but. Like six, seven years ago, I was like, the higher the proof, the better. Yeah, give me the 140s. That 140 George T. Stag. I think it comes with gray hair. When you get more gray hair, you're like, ah, I can't <laughs> handle slow, it anymore. You need to slow down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe Maybe that's why hard. I have so much gray hair. All that, those damn Elijah Craig barrel proofs and stags and will at family estates. They, they take a toll on you, man. That's right. Well, that's it for this week in bourbon. We hit all the news, my friend. We did. We did it. Um, yeah, hopefully I didn't make too many people mad in the first <laughs> segment. <laughs> it's okay. I think the one thing that people can get behind is that, that me and you split the party line a little bit, so people can go whichever way they want. It's we're not balanced. Like we're, it's fair yeah, and balanced. We're, we're, we are a fair and balanced team. That's what it comes down to. There's checks right. and balances. That's right. And sometimes I just say what I feel, and it doesn't mean there's facts behind it. And I, if... <laughs> And it's our platform. I, We're going to say what we want to say. Yeah, we'll say it. So I, if you come at me, I understand that it comes with good intentions. I just want what's best for the industry. That's what I want as a whole, not just one single company or one entity. I want what's best for our state and our industry. That's where I come from. So before you send blast me, that's where I come from. <laughs> See, you are a saint and you just don't yep. know it yet. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. So make sure if you are in the Chattanooga Cleveland, Tennessee area. Yeah, come by. Come by. Say hi to Ryan. Like I said, I'll be in St. Louis February 28th and March 1st at Lit Cigar Lounge in Dogwood Wine and Spirits. Yeah. Kenny's looking for a partner to go up the arch. Yeah. If you want to, I'll get. I'll buy two tickets. First one to show up. Me and you just get to have a conversation. That'd be strange. <laughs> you know, we can hold hands or something. That's right. <laughs> All right. With that, cheers, everybody. We'll see you next week. Toodles.